0: Travelers, how are you? Nitsan Mosry here, the traveling investor. Not sure if you can see me because I can't see myself. Oh, I love technology when it happens. <laughs> it's great. Anyway, Nitsan Mosry here, the traveling investor. Welcome to another show of the traveling investor live QA, where we demystify the art of mastering your mind, body, and wallet. And you know, it's all about mind shift, it's all about looking perspectives, different perspectives. It's about overcoming fear. It's about overcoming challenges. You know, and I love it. What I, I was watching Gary V, and he was saying sometimes changing your perspective is as easy as just looking a different way. And that's what we got to do. Right. Sometimes for us to become successful, we have to we have to change our perspective. We have to change things. And if it's not working for us, And if it's not working for us, I'm sorry, if you guys can hear the the noise, there's a lot of construction going on in the background right now. And it just, it's funny, right? Murphy's Law, it was quiet for 20 minutes. Now, as the show started, the noise starts going on. Um, But what we'll do here is uh, I got a great guest for you today. uh, And it's phenomenal. His name is Brian O'Neill. And, you know, we like to bring guests that have gone through obstacles, challenges, have overcome them, have gone through major fear and have come out the other end with systems, processes, and successes. I don't even know if that's a word, successes. (laughs) We'll just say, we'll we'll, we'll just add that into the traveling investors uh, lexicon right there. Um, But it's incredible what you can accomplish when you set your mind to it. And when you get over that fear and my guest today, Brian, he's now, currently, and I say that now, currently, he's an experienced real estate investor, author, coach, and podcast host, and his real estate business, he specializes in creative finance strategies to purchase properties, Offers offering flexible solutions for both buyers and sellers. Brian uses his 25 years of phone experience to solve sellers' challenges and help them move on. He also wrote an ebook on the topic titled, How to Master the Phone in 90 Days. Brian spent, get this, get this, Brian spent 25 years in corporate sales, stuck in a job he didn't like and being away from his wife and his son. You know, After decades of trying, Brian was finally able to break free and start his own real estate business, and now he helps other aspiring entrepreneurs in similar situations break out of their W-2 prisons through his coaching program and his podcast, The W-2 Prison Break Show, which we're going to talk about shortly. And get this, Brian believes strongly in giving back. And this is why, and these are the types of guests that we like to bring, people that wanna give back to the community, that wanna give back because they've gone through all those challenges, all through those obstacles, have reached success in their industry, and now are willing to share with us all of their information and knowledge on how they did it so that we can go out there and achieve the same massive success that they have. So without further ado, you know, let's bring on Brian. Hey, hey Brian, I, how are you?
1: Hey, it's on. Thanks. That was a that was a great intro. And you, you, you nailed it. Thanks so much. I'm humbled. You're great to be here. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to your talk to your audience today.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much. And you know, travelers, you're out there, I suggest getting a pen, paper, take some notes, because I spent eight minutes before the show talking with Brian and I got a lot out of that eight minutes and we're going to have here, you know, at least 30, 40 minutes and it's going to be phenomenal. There's going to be a lot of information. So get ready to take some awesome notes. So Brian, do me a favor. Why don't you give us a brief history of who you were back then in that W2 world, how you got into that W2 world, right? What was the mindset back then? And then what was it? Well, let's start with that. Who are you on that W2?
1: yeah so the mindset back then in my w-2 i mean i did what most people are do what we're all kind of for lack of a better phrase programmed to do i did what everyone else did i went to school i did got good grades my parents told me to get good grades so you can get into a good college and then right out of school i got a i got a job And I went to, you know, I remember my parents used to tell me, hey, you need to look at, you know, good something with a good management training program, right. And I went and I worked for enterprise rent a car because they had the best management training program. And I don't regret that, because it did it did launch my sales career. But that was my mentality growing up. That's what that those were my downloads, right. And I believed it, and that's what that's that was my trajectory. It, it never occurred to me that I'm supposed to become a business owner or an entrepreneur. It never occurred to me. So right. that was my, that was my mindset. I went in, I dove in, I did exactly what I was what I was uh, encouraged and, and really programmed to do. And I was in that for, like you said, in the intro for for 25 years. And during that time frame, it started to kind of dawn on me that, there was something bigger for me. I didn't know what it was yet. I just knew that I was capable of more. I didn't fully believe it yet. I just, I, you know, that, that's when the seeds, the seeds started planting was early in my career, especially when I was having success in sales. Like, hey, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. Like I can talk to people, like people listen to me, they know, like, and trust me. There's gotta be something more for me. So that was the early years for, for Brian and my W2 career.
0: Isn't it amazing how we all drank the Kool-Aid that they were that they were fe- that they were supplying us, right? And I talk about it on my webinars as well. Is that you know, just like you said, we're told, we're taught, go to school, get a good education, go out there, you know, go to college. And today it's you know, then it was masters, and now that master's degree is not enough, and now you got to go and get a double master's or a PhD, and then you come out and Most people today, they leave university with $100,000, $200,000 in debt, and they've got nothing. They've got nothing. And this is the Kool-Aid we've all been drinking, right? I mean, totally. Back maybe 40, 50 years ago when this country was being built and there was big manufacturers and there was a lot of war going on and a lot of struggle, maybe that was great back then. But today, the shift has, you know, we have to have a shift here, Right.
1: Completely. And I am all about that shift because, you know, it's no it's no fault of my parents. That's what they were taught. And they're just that, that's what they knew. And I have a different conversation with my son now. I have a, I have a young son and I don't talk to him that way anymore. Right. So it starts with me.
0: Hmm. Oh, absolutely. It's funny. You know, it's funny that you say that because I, I have two daughters and they're in high school. You know, and they come to me like, you know what? It's so boring in school. Why do I have to go to school? So, you know, you don't have to go to school. I said, let's start a business, let's start a comp, let's do something, you know, and, and you'll create income. And by the time you're 18, 20, 25 years old, you'll be set for the rest of your life. Right? It's a it's a completely different tape that's that's playing in their ears than what was played in our ears.
1: Yeah. I love right? it. I love it. That's the right way to do it.
0: Absolutely. So what was it for you? You know, you 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 were engulfed in that W-2 world, right? You were engulfed in that J O B, right? And we, you know, I, I like to say J O B stands for just over broke, right? They pay you enough to keep you, but not enough for you to, you know, f- expand your wings and fly and, and and go out on your own. So what was it for you that hit home so hard that after twenty-five years, you're like, you know what? I'm done.
1: I'm yeah. done. It was, it was a couple things. Okay. And I'll, so there, there it had, what had happened to me in my sales career, and I think anybody who's in sales will agree with this, your income plateaus, right? And that's what happened to me. I had kind of reached the, the height of my income. And unless I was willing to trade my time for dollars and go up to a higher level corporate position, and then really be married to the W two forever, Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna stay in the same place. And what a lot of what a lot of folks, higher income earners will do, I made this mistake, is as I earned more income, my lifestyle didn't stay the same. So I did what most people do. Again, this is all like you watch this, you're programmed, go get the bigger house, go buy the nice car for your wife, go on vacations. You know, I didn't really manage the situation the right way looking back I would have done that. So that situation there, on kept me stuck in that job. It's like, okay, I've created this lifestyle. Now I gotta stay in it. Cause no one at my age is gonna hire me and pay me that much money. So I felt stuck. I was like running on a treadmill. I was like, man, this is just I I don't know what to do. Well Fast forward a little bit, because I knew that I had something in me. I just wasn't willing to go backwards, right I didn't know how to get out of the the that 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 lifestyle that I had created. I have a son, and he's uh, he's almost eleven right He's almost eleven years old. When I was in my old w two my j o b, I was traveling heavily, a hundred thousand miles a year. I was gone every other week. I would come back from trips and he'd he'd look different. He's speaking different. Now I'm missing this kid grow up and that ate away at me. I'm away from my wife. And then when he got to the age where he understood what was going on, he used to say to me, Hey dad, I I don't like it when you leave. You know, I'm, I'm scared to be in the house with mom alone. So you can imagine what that would do to a man, right? I'm already, I'm already bummed out about not chasing my dreams. And then I got my son telling me this. So that was the, that pushed me over the edge. It was shortly after that where I just made the decision, like I'm not going to be scared anymore and Mm -hmm. I'm going to figure it, figure it out and figure out a way to do this.
0: That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So but what I was hearing, you know, I like to read in between the lines and pull stuff out is that your, your why suddenly became huge. Your why was like, listen, man, this kid, my son, right. I'm not seeing him. I'm not spending time with him. You're, your priorities shifted, mm-hmm. your priorities shifted, and those priorities overcame your fear to go out and to do what you wanted to do, right? So, you know, and, and a lot of people out there have dreams, right? They have these great dreams. And, and just like you said, you know, and I, I had the same thing about myself, and, you know, and, and a lot of people listening, they, they have that sense of greatness, there's something more inside of me, you know, life can't just be sitting behind a desk, right? Can't be traveling and missing your family, you know, and you weren't really traveling. You were, you know, because travel, when people think of traveling, like, you know, the traveling investor it's like fun, hiking and mountains and skiing and boating, you, you were, you were going away for business. You mm-hmm. were go- it wasn't a pleasurable thing. And here your family is, is, is being left behind. And it, it, it takes a lot of balls, it takes a lot of balls to sit there and to say, you know what, I'm going to cut that off and I'm going to go do something that may lower our income in the beginning, but in the long run, the long journey, right, the long game, it's going to benefit my kids, my wife, myself, my family. Because what happens is you then become a, a different person. You're happier. You're more energetic. You're, you're, you got more passion, desire. And, and it just comes out in, uh, in the whole family and life setting.
1: Agreed. Wonderful. And just to add to that too, is, you know, you may, you mentioned I became a different person. One of the things that allowed me to do what I did is I became a different person or I started becoming a different person before I was able to get to the point where I said, okay, enough is enough. Like if you, Mm -hmm. for anyone listening for, if you expect your world to change, you know, I talk about this all the time. If you expect your world to change, you got to start right here. You got to start with, within, with, within, you can't expect that. Well, if I quit my job, my life's going to get better. Okay. Or if I, if only this happened, you know, Mm -hmm. if only I could do this, then it would be better. You got to change your inner world first. And that just, you know, takes, that takes for a lot of people. That's a difficult thing to do. It was super difficult for me and I put it off for a good, a good couple of decades before I actually looked internally and I was like, Oh, this is, this is what's been stopping me the whole time.
0: Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So you were you were fortunate that you were able to make that decision for yourself. Mm-hmm. How many people out there, you know, in our age, forties, fifties, right? They already have the family, just like you said. They've got the they've got the life on that path, and then suddenly it's taken out from under them. They lose the job. The industry that they're working in disappears. Right? Things are moving so fast today with technology that complete industries and different technologies become extinct because of the way technology is advancing that suddenly at the age of 40, 45, three kids, two kids, one kid, car, mortgage, whatnot, they're left without income. And they're going, Oh my God, what do I do? Right? Yep. So I, it's better to make that decision on your own than to have someone make that decision for you.
1: <laughs> a, a great coach of mine, my coach. Okay. This is, and, and by the way, a coaching not having a coach was one of the mistakes that I made for all those years, right? Someone to someone to help me. That's what I was scared of. He said to me when I was thinking about leaving the job, he said, listen, Brian, the W two is the risk. The job is the risk. I never ever thought of it that way until he said that and he was a hundred percent right. And Mm -hmm. it is you're expendable. You are a hundred percent expendable. Don't ever think that you're protected. It can happen in the, in the blink of an eye, you know, after, after the 08 crash, I survived three rounds of layoffs. And you know, the salespeople are always the last to go, right? Because you start firing the salespeople, then you're going out of business. But I that's when it really the light went off for me It's like, Hey, if this happens again, I'm I'm done. And I'm again, I'm in that 4040s age range of like, no one's gonna hire me and pay me this much money. I'm gonna have to start Mm -hmm. over again.
0: That's right. That's right. And where do you go from there, right? What do you do? You, you, you find a job, you take a pay, a pay cut, yep. right? You, suddenly you find yourself cooking fries at McDonald's or Wendy's and you're working at that, that, that window. It's, it's, it's not something that you want your children to see their, their you know, their idol going through,
1: hmm.
0: right? And, totally. and it, it, it'll definitely shake you to your core,
1: it did. And sometimes that's a jolt we need to move, right? To 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 start living the way that we've always dreamed of.
0: Absolutely. So let me ask you this now. So so you were that W2, you had that aha moment, mm-hmm. you realized that you didn't want to stay there. Why real estate? Great what question. You jump into the world of real estate when there's so many other shiny pennies out there.
1: And let me tell you that I looked at all those shiny pennies, okay? <laughs> and you know, it was. And I think that was. I think that was one of the things that kept me where I was is that I just kind of dabbled in it, right? Like I was high. I, hey, let me go learn about this. This will distract me from the life that I hate. So I'll go learn about something else, dabble in it, and never really take any serious action real estate i was always fascinated with i mean i the 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 story here is i used to beg my parents when i was younger can we go look at model homes you know i just i just loved everything about real estate i love looking at houses i mean every house i've ever bought has been a a brand new build so i just like the idea of 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 construction and, and and building real estate and then when i started to learn about it like hey this is really you know, people who are wealthy, you know, when I started reading pot, you know, listening to podcasts or reading books, it's like the commonalities between people who are wealthy, real estate was one of them, they all invest mm-hmm. in real estate. So I said, Okay, this is this is one of my goals. Let's look at real estate. And then once I picked real estate, I had to I had to avoid the shiny object syndrome, which is which was okay. I'm going to do flips. I'm going to do rehabs. I do a little bit of wholesaling, do some uh, multifamily. It's like, no, you got to pick a lane and go at it and focus and commit. And, wh- and, and when I did that, that's when I found success.
0: Right. Yes, I agree. You know, especially in real estate, right? Like you said, so many shiny pennies in real estate, mm. wholesaling, flipping, uh, tax liens, tax deeds, f- short <laughs> foreclosures, short sales. <laughs> uh Single family, -family, multifamily, self-storage, commercial, medical, right? And and I was just like you when I was, you know, about 13 years ago when I was getting involved in in multifamily, I was looking to see what else was out there. And I was running and checking all those different shiny pennies as well. And and just like you, my mentor told me, pick a lane Hmm. and become the expert in that lane. Know it like the back of your hand because that's what's going to make you successful right? And 13 years later, here we are, you know, got multifamily properties, you know, I got my podcast I'm, and I'm, I'm, you know, have guests, you know, successful guests like yourself on the show. It's because you pick that lane and you dive into it, right? And and like you said, you know, sometimes we look around and we're going, yeah, real estate, right? Real estate looks, you know, looks fairly easy, right? <laughs> you buy a house, you fix mm-hmm. it, you sell it, right? Buy low, sell high, whatnot, right? Yeah. What, what were some of the, major obstacles and challenges you had getting involved in real estate?
1: Yeah, okay. So the first one was starting, right. Uh, But I had I I didn't do what I did before and try to do it on my own. So I got a mentor, I got hired a coach, okay. And for anybody out there listening, the greatest investment you can make is in yourself. You know, Mm -hmm. we spend all this money going to school, we spend it on coaches, we spend it on, you know, school, and then all the, and then we get out of school, and we don't spend any money, you know, we, we, we can drop 50 grand on a car or a couple hundred, three hundred thousand dollars on a house, but we don't spend a dime on ourselves. It just That's it right. just baffles me. Mm-hmm. However, I was like that. So I get it. You have to invest in yourself first, to learn so that you don't make the same mistakes like and, and do it with somebody who's done it before or and is currently doing it like don't do you know, don't hire the hire the, the mentor that did it 20 years ago, right. in the trenches now would be my advice. That was the first thing I did is I got a coach, I said, Look, I, if I'm going to do this, I'm gonna do it the right way. I know I'm going to make mistakes, but I just need somebody there to kind of hold my hand and help me. So that was step number one. And then I just, you know, I get I'm getting to the point where I've already committed, I got my strong why, right? Like, I'm not going back to this job, I'm getting mm-hmm. out of this job, I'm not doing this anymore. And I just had the mentality that I don't need to conquer the world day one. Okay. You just need to be consistent on a daily basis. And if you have a bad day, it's okay. Just shake it off and and, and go back tomorrow. You don't have to chop the whole tree down day one, just consistent right. daily action, create small wins, create momentum. And then you'll start seeing results and don't focus on the outcome. Focus on the process.
0: Right. Beautiful. Beautiful. No, that's, that's, that's absolutely. So how, you know there are people out there that want to get started. Where would they find mentors? Where would they? And how did you find yours?
1: Yeah, it's interesting too because I, like you, wanted to to do multifamily syndications. Like I love the idea of of apartment syndications, and and you know, I mean, the, it's tremendous. The cash flow, you mm-hmm. know, the forced depreciation, the depreciation. I mean, it's all just tremendous. My issue was I just wasn't confident back then when I was looking as I was, I was uncomfortable investing my own money, which I had. So I had fear of investing my own money. And then I was even more uncomfortable asking other people to invest alongside me. So it was right around that time where I was listening to a podcast. It's a multifamily podcast that that I was pretty married to. And uh, my current coach is on there talking about how he bought his office building on owner financing. And I said, that's exactly what I need right there. And I went right to him, reached out to him. And you know, we had a conversation and and he's still my coach, he's taught me everything I know about this business about creative financing. And, you know, that's made it much easier for me, because I probably would have screwed it up. If I did it on my own, I would have got there, I think eventually, but it, it was a much faster trajectory for me knowing that I had the support of someone who, who's done it before. And again, it was like the light bulb went on. I'll never be without a coach again, ever. Mm-hmm. I will never not be without a coach again. I have multiple coaches. And I made that mistake, and I will not make it again.
0: That's beautiful. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, you know, uh, I myself, I went to college, never mm-hmm. graduated, I spent four years partying on my dad's dime. And then after four years, he's like, Dude, what what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and and but at an early age, I found a mentor. I found someone who what you know I found I wanted I found a guy who had what I was looking for right the lifestyle the the passion the desire the health the the cash flow all of that and I said all right you know what teach me show me and he said to he said one thing very simple and travelers if you're listening you know you should write this down he said find someone who has what you want do what they did and you'll get what they got right simple to the point you know, dead on. Yep, right.
1: It truly is that simple. I think as human beings, we try to over overcomplicate everything, everything, and it really is that simple. There's no need to reinvent the wheel. If you know, I mean, imagine if your neighbor was a super successful real estate investor or whatever. Would don't you think you would go over and ask them how they did it and, and see if you could, you know what pick picked their brain, I don't necessarily like using that term, but just find out how they did it, right? Mm-hmm. Listen to the story. That's also you don't need to go rogue and go against what they did. Like this already works. I did it just just follow what they did and listen and be coachable. I would say that too to any student, because I came in with the mentality that I knew everything, right? I didn't yeah. need anybody's help. I'm 40 I'm something years old. I, I got it all figured out. I already went to college, I got my degree, it says I'm smart right? I don't need anybody's help. Right, And then, you know, fast forward 25 years later, I'm still in the same job. And there's all these people blowing <laughs> by me. So <laughs> surrender to the fact that people know more than you and be okay with that, because you You're want right. them to know more than you. That's how you grow. Okay, no, being I, being the smartest person in the room is always a bad idea.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I never want to be the smartest person. Whenever I think I'm the smartest person, I kind of leave and I, I want to find another room. Yeah, you know, because if I'm the smartest person in the room, that roommate that smart.
1: Yeah, that's funny that's funny but but we we know what you mean you need to be you need somebody to push you right
0: exactly yeah exactly right you know i tell it to my kids and i'm sure you say to your son you know you hang around with five schmucks you're the sixth schmuck you hang out with five passionate successful people, guess what? You're going to turn out to be the sixth passionate, successful person because you're going to feed off of their knowledge, their success, their wisdom, their mindset, right? They're going to bring you up. You're not going to bring them down.
1: Completely agree. And who you, who you hang out with matters. It really does. I mean, I, I when I started investing in real estate, I remember a friend of mine that I've known since I was 16 years old said to me, after I told him what I was doing, he says, wow, that sounds kind of risky and no, no fault to him. Right. Love the guy. He just didn't know. He just did not understand because he's stuck mm-hmm. in that old world, that other mentality where like, Hey, this is what you're supposed to do. Take your paycheck stuff as much money in your 401k as you can and get your free health benefits and retire maybe at 65.
0: Hmm. Yep. I remember, you know, when I was starting out 13 years ago, when I moved to Florida, I was living in Israel before, and then we moved to Israel, uh to Florida in, in 09, right when you know, in the heart of the crash and whatnot. And uh, and I, w- I was actually doing single family fix flips and whatnot. That was the lowest hanging fruit. And I was buying houses for sixteen thousand dollars, putting five K into them, flipping them for fifty thousand dollars. And you know, I, I I didn't have a lot of money, so I was going out to my friends and I was, you know, I, my my W2 friends, and I'm going, Hey, listen, you got 10 grand. I don't need 100, I don't need 10 grand. I'll give you a t- guarantee 10% on your money. Oh, no, 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 that's too risky, that's too risky. I said, what's what's risk, what, what is risky about it? I'm guaranteeing you 10%. No, 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 no. I said, okay, do you want to come in as a partner and then we'll split the problem. No, 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 no. And, and then you know what? 25 years later, that guy found himself unemployed because his company that he was working for went belly up because that industry became extinct. Yeah. Right. Yep. And, and, and like you said, it's just a mindset The and I kept, and he kept at, and it's funny that you mentioned that we have the same experiences because he kept telling me, he goes, dude, what you're doing is risky. I said, what I'm doing is risk. I said, what you're doing is risky. You're sitting there eight to 10 hours a day, five days a week. You're building somebody else's empire for them. I would come in and I would stop in his office all the time because I'm driving around looking for houses and doing, you know, doing deals. And I would swing by his office. And guess what? The owner of the company was always out hunting and fishing and on his boat. And guess who was at the desk answering the phone? My friend. Mm-hmm. i going, go, Dude, don't 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 you see the risk here? And, and it's just it, it's just being able to break out of that mold, break out of that that chain. Like you said, the prison, that W-2 prison, but it's a mind prison.
1: It truly is. And you don't even know you're in it. That's the thing mm-hmm. is it I didn't know I was in it. You know, mm-hmm. I thought that this was normal and it just took a long time. So now I'm I'm on a mission to help people recognize it much, much sooner, because I think we all know deep down, you know, I wasn't. I, I definitely wasn't living my best life. You know, I was. I was upset. I was miserable, and it wasn't just because of my job. It was because of a lot of other things that I, that I hadn't done in my life. You know, regret. Regret can eat you up, and it does. It does, especially when you shove it down, right? Which is which. Which which is what a lot of us men do, right? Because mm-hmm. we're we're too proud to be vulnerable and talk to people, and you know that which is nonsense. I mean, we're human beings just like everybody else. So it wasn't until I started doing that type of stuff to where my life started to change, you know, it's like, do I want to keep living this way? And, you know, be die an old person unhappy, and I never fulfilled my dreams? Or do I want to take take a crack at it and give it a shot. And that's ultimately what the decision that I made. And my son helped me decide that I'm forever grateful for him.
0: That's beautiful. That's beautiful. You know, I, you. I, I tell my coaching clients, uh, you know, we when we on the first introductory call that we have together, I asked them, I said, tell me, what is the most expensive piece of dirt on planet Earth? And then, you know, like, oh, you know, the Empire State Building, the building uh, in Dubai, you know that. I said, no. I said, it's a cemetery. Because that cemetery is filled with hopes and dreams and passions that were never fulfilled. And people were so scared that they never went and they never attacked their dreams that they died unfulfilled. And that's why a cemetery is the most expensive piece of dirt, because it has all mm. those dreams, you know, a, an idea that could change pe- that could change civilization. You know, I mean, you know, imagine if I don't know Jonah Salk would never would have been like, no, 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 I'm not going to I'm not going to go and, and do that vaccine or, you know, or Elon Musk. You know what? I'm not going to try going to Mars or create that that electric car or, or PayPal.
1: We would not be where we are today. Totally. I agree. hundred percent. Right? That's a great, I love that. The most, the most expensive piece of dirt is the, is the cemetery. I'm, I like that. I wasn't sure what you were going to say.
0: <laughs> cool, man. So, all right. So we, we, we went from where you were, what that, what that shift was, how you got into real estate, the mentoring and all that. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about what you're doing currently in real estate because I, I, I like what you're doing uh, with that creative stuff. But you know, you, you tell us.
1: Yeah. So creative financing or, or terms. And again, this is my niche. This is really all I do. I could do some other things that I might, you know, but this is really what I focus on. And I approach every day as, you know, who can I help? All right. Now, we all know the market. We hear, you know, you turn the news on, you know, the market is just on fire and everything's flying off the shelf in two minutes. And people are lining up to buy houses i can tell you definitively that that is not the case okay i can tell you that in any market in any market for anyone thinking about getting into real estate and i can't do deals or you know this isn't going to work in every market there is death divorce job loss job relocation inherited properties tired landlords we talk to them every single day so they exist you just got to go out and find them so go out and see who you can help the retail buyer nice, pretty house fixed up. I I can't help them. They don't need me. And that's fine. I'm looking for people who have problems. And so creative financing is essentially, I buy homes without having to go get cash or bank debt to take over the property. Hold
0: Hold on a second. Listeners, did you hear what he said? Say it again, Brian.
1: Creative financing, I go buy properties without having to use any cash or get bank debt to take control and or ownership of a property.
0: Other people's money. Correct. Beautiful. Correct.
1: So my mentality is why would I go get a bank loan to pay off another bank loan? It's just a bad business decision for me and the way that I buy homes. And I use, uh, I use the existing leverage on the house while solving the seller's specific problem they lost their job, they can't afford their house, they got divorced, they have to relocate, they couldn't sell all these different scenarios. And I solve their issue. And the real estate then becomes mine, whether I control it with a with a lease option, or Mm -hmm. I own it and buy it on seller financing. Here's a fact. One third, it's probably higher than that. Now one third of all homes in the United States are owned with no debt, free and clear, which means that the seller of the house has the ability to finance you. Mm -hmm. to act as the bank. And if you're able to skill, this is why I wrote this book, Master the Phone in 90 Days. If you're able to have skillful conversations with a seller and solve a problem, you can make a lot of money buying homes with the seller financing you versus having to go to a bank or raise private money even uh, for the down payment. We buy houses with no money down.
0: You buy houses with no money down. You get the seller to finance it for you. You're coming in as a knight in shining armor on the white horse coming to save the day because you know the problems that they have. And you're saying, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, I'm here to solve your problem.
1: Yeah, that's all it is, is solving problems. And it's, you know, you you, you don't have to I don't have to do thousands of these deals. Right. Because of the way that we structure them and the way our exit strategy, we don't have to do a lot of them. So it's just a matter of being consistent and sticking with it every single day and having the understanding of the mentality that we're looking to help people not try to cut their knees out from under them.
0: Right, right. All right. So so maybe take us through the process a little bit, you know, of, of exactly, you know, kind of like what you do. How, how do you find the house? Right. Mm-hmm. What are you looking for? How do you approach the owner? You know, the whole, you
1: know, just yeah love it love it so i'll give you like a typical a typical Mm -hmm. deal we are we are normally we are normally calling sellers who are actively trying to sell okay because that's motivation number one real estate is all about motivation right Mm -hmm. sellers need to be motivated if they're not then you're not going to buy their house in an unconventional way and you're definitely not going to get a discount on it so we're looking for if we if we're talking to people let's just say you have your house on the market with an agent and your listing agreement expires in six months. Well, we get notified of that. We call the seller, we reach out and we, we have a conversation with them and the conversation, and this is all, all in the, all in the ebook. So if you go to don'tfearthephone.com, you can get the book and this whole scripts in there. What we're trying to do is find out a few things. Very, very simple. Why, look, I, I always say, I always call them up and say, Hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm a local investor. We saw your house was for sale. We want to see if it's still, uh, still available. Yes. Okay. I'm just curious. Why did you take it off the market? Let him talk. Well, my realtor didn't re- do a really good job. You know, I just wasn't really happy with him. Um, okay, great. I- I've had that happen to me before. Is there any particular reason? It looks like a great house. Why are you selling it? Well, I got to relocate. I got a job in Texas. I got to move. I can't stay here. Okay. When do you need to be there by? Well, next month. Okay. So now I have, I have why they're selling and where they're going. And I then then I know when they're going to be there. So that's a, that right there. If I hear that, that's motivation. Like they couldn't mm-hmm. sell, they got to move. And now I can help them. I'll ask them a couple more questions to get them talking like, hey, does it need any repairs? You know, what's the roof like? I mean, is there anything major that needs to be done? Oh, yeah, you might have to do a little paint. Uh, you know, I don't I don't care about that. And then I would ask them, I said, look, you know, what are you hoping to get for it? If you did sell it, they give me a number. I don't, I don't spit the number out. I know, I know what it's listed for, but I ask what you're looking to get. A lot of times when you ask that question, you'll get discounts right there. So if it's listed for 400, they might say 380. I said, okay, well, hypothetically, if I could do that, would you be open to selling on, on terms, lease purchase or owner financing? What's that? I explain it. They say yeah i'd be open to that and then i'll you know i'll I'll do one of two things i'll either you know book the appointment to go see them and see that the property and then get more into the numbers or i'll send them some information and then i'll book a follow-up call and answer any questions but you notice that the conversation i have these conversations all the time and so does my team it's very simple it's not i'm not trying to convince them of anything i'm just trying to find out if what their motivation is and if they would be open to this idea of selling in a non-conventional way.
0: That's beautiful. I love it. You're and and I like what you said. You're not you're not trying to shove anything down their throat. You're just pulling information out, and then you're kind of just going back and saying, "Hey, this is what I can offer." Right? Yeah. Uh, we, we have a we have a question that says from Christine. She says, uh, "Awesome." Is Brian also calling multifamily owners? Um, Brian, I think you, you're just doing single family right now.
1: I am. that But I do call multifamily uh, owners. And because I run across that because they're normal, they can be on the MLS. And Christina, I answer that question as well. You I have done this and you can look terms is if the seller is open to it, you can buy anything on terms, mm-hmm. boats, cars, multifamily, anything, as long as the seller is open to it, you can do it. multifamily is not is, is is definitely part of that. I've had conversations with sellers who own multifamily buildings, free and clear, or even with debt. And the conversations is very, very similar. It's a little bit different. Now I just pulled targeted lists to find the multifamily units in my uh, area. And I'll either mail or call them.
0: All right. She's asking also is price and motivation the only two things that sell?
1: No, I, my conversations are typically never around price. It's, it's a specific problem that they have that I can solve better than anyone else, right? Price always comes up, but I normally, instead of a, instead of price, and this is the tweak between what, what's the price that you are hoping to get. When I get into a, a deeper level conversation with a seller, especially on a single family house, I say, look, if you sold the house, if you did sell it, what was the amount that you were hoping to walk away with after you paid your realtor, your closing costs? Like what's the net to you? You'd be amazed at how many people don't know that by the way, but then they'll tell you, well, I was hoping to get 50 grand. And then you add in the mortgage that they owe the balance. And then, and all of a sudden that $400,000 house is now down to 350. So I always focus on what they want versus the price that they, that they're thinking. Because again, when you list something, it's, you gotta pay, you gotta pay all these people.
0: Mhm
1: mm-hmm. I don't, they don't need to pay. I don't charge any fees or commissions. So it's really, you really focus on the motivation and then making sure that their goals are met. Like, what do you need to get? What do you need to break free from this house? Well, I just can't afford it anymore. Well, if I took over your payments, would you sell it for what you owe?
0: Right. Yeah. So where do you see the market right now? With single-family homes, interest rates going up, you know, a lot of people are probably going to be, you know, insurance rates are going up. I know, mm-hmm. you know, we we talked before the show. You know, you're you're originally from South Florida. I live in South Florida. Christina's from South Florida as well. Uh, insurance rates are doubling and tripling right now, and people aren't going to be able to pay their insurance premiums because they're going so high. So, do you see that? As, a, as another wave that's
1: coming onto the market? I do. And I just, disclaimer, I don't predict market conditions. I just stick really? with you don't, it. I, you,
0: don't, I, you don't have a crystal ball in front of you? I it's lost the Dallas it. a cowboy uh, hat behind you. You kind of rub it. And-
1: yeah, maybe I'll try that. That might work. But, you know, I just, I'm going to give you my opinion. I think I'm right, but we'll see what happens. But I just, the, the main thing I try to do is just show up every day, right? Has it been mm-hmm. harder to get deals in the last 12 months? 100%. But if you if you're consistent and stick with it and have belief in the process and the system, it, it's all about to turn. I'm telling you, I'm talking to sellers right now who have been on the market for the last 90 days that haven't been able to sell because their buyers fell through because the interest rates went up. Like mm-hmm. we're we're hearing that conversation every single day, and these are nice houses, not like you know houses that need fifty thousand dollars worth of work. So mm-hmm. this is going to happen continuously. And then even with higher priced homes, you know, a lot of folks think that you can't do terms on higher priced homes. And we talk to million dollar sellers all the time. They have even more pain because they already are swimming in a very small pond of limited buyers. Okay. That can't, that that can't qualify. So unless they're a cash buyer, Mm -hmm. they're going to have a hard time getting a jumbo loan. So, so absolutely. I see a way another wave coming here and we're ready for it.
0: That's beautiful. Talk, talk to us a little bit about the team that you have, right? How do you find the leads, right? Who's, who's behind the scenes doing all this for you?
1: Yeah, and it's happening right now while we're, while we're doing this. So that's the important thing about being a, a business owner is you, have to, you, ha- you can't take the W-2 mindset into your business. That's a huge mistake. You have to build systems and processes in place so that you can build the business. And ultimately, like you said, the guy was, you know, the business owner was hunting and fishing, right? Mm-hmm. So I have a team that is, we're calling sellers every single day. We're following up. One of the things that we're doing here now is sellers who, who told us, well, I don't need that. I, I'm going to sell, you know, I don't, that, would you keep it as a plan B? Can we follow up with you? Yes. Yeah. So well, we're calling these people now and now we're booking appointments to go see them. So the initial call is important, but your follow up is even more critical. Okay, mm. here's something I learned from a marketing expert that I had on on my podcast a while back. She said, she said to me, and she's a, she does mailings. We do all call, calling, but mailing or calling, it's the same. It's the same concept. Eighty um, percent of your deals will come on or after the fourth attempt. And wow. 90% of your competition will quit after the third attempt. So does mm. that What does that tell you? You got the follow up, the keys in the follow up. And I knew this from sales, too, but you yep. have to stick with it. You can't just go out at it one time. You got to I'm sure in your multifamily business, you are not. you don't just call up, a. you know, to f- try to hit a deal one time. You're probably following up in some cases for years. Oh, take it uh, before
0: we talked. I told you we got a property in Buckhead on the contract. Mm-hmm. It was about a two-year relationship talking to the seller before he was like, Okay, I'm willing to sell two years. Right? Yep. So yeah, it, it's all in the follow-up. And and you know, f- talk about follow-up, right? You know, in, in multifamily. And I'm sure the same thing with you. You know, we put an offer on, we'll put an offer, and somebody else will, will beat us on price or terms, whatever it is. And I I, I tell my people, just like you do, I said. Follow up every two weeks, call the broker and go, hey, how's that closing coming along? Hey, how's that closing coming along? And you would not believe how many times, 45, 50 days later, the broker calls up and says, you still interested? Well, What happened? Well, they, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's actually happened to me here. I'm, I'm now in northwest Arkansas, I think I told you, mm-hmm. I'm, in my lake house. And I'm looking at a 16 unit, small, but it's in downtown Bentonville, right down from from. Main Street and, and Bentonville is just blowing up. It's the home of Walmart and whatnot. She had a buyer of $3.2 million. I told the agent, I said, let's just submit an offer now. Tell her to keep it on her table. If the buyer falls out, she's got it there. you know. And I met with the owner and we toured the property. And she said, yeah, I have a buyer. that's coming in from New York. They haven't seen the property. I said, all right, here, take the offer. And guess what? A week and a half later, she called... The, She didn't call me my broker my agent who found it he says hey your offer was accepted nice yeah you never know but you You, gotta follow you don't
1: you do have to follow up totally and we train our team to your point i answer your question i have a small team and that's all it takes in this business sometimes is i have i have a couple of eas who call i have an assistant and then obviously i have my accountants and my lawyers Mm -hmm. and all that stuff and you know my contractors but um we're just at it every single day and the follow-up is 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 just crucial if somebody says well i sold it we'll ask him, did you sell it did it close or are you just under agreement because right. that's the mentality of a seller like i sold it and like no you didn't you didn't sell until the money's in the bank so <laughs> that's right. is it okay if we follow up with you you know after that closing date just to check and we do and again a high percentage of the time it doesn't close something happened. something fell through
0: oh absolutely and like we mentioned earlier especially in today's market you know, you go out there. I, it, it happened to me. You know, I put my multifamily out. You know, the broker listed it at, you know, $10 million that week. In, you know, and I got two offers. Mm-hmm. we were about to sign a contract. And then interest rates went up and they both pulled out. They pulled back. They said, sorry. And, you know, price dropped about a million, million and a half dollars because of the interest rates.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it,
0: it, it happens to all of us. You, you know, if you're in the game, it's going to happen to you, right? You got to be prepared to, to follow up, follow through, and just keep, keep that ball moving forward.
1: You got to be in the game. That's lesson number one. Listen, I can guarantee you one thing about the market. People are going to complain about it regardless of whether it's great, good. It doesn't make any difference. In 2019, people were whining about it. COVID hit. 2020, people were whining about it then it was a hot market, you couldn't do deals. And now we're about to have a correction. Everyone's whining. Just like I just say to everyone, I don't mean that I'm just being sarcastic here. But just quit worrying about the market. Quit okay. turn the TV off. Turn that little well, not turn the TV off. Quit listening to them. They'll know what they are talking about. And go talk to people. Mm-hmm. Go talk to people and go solve problems. And you are going to do very well if you can have that mentality that, I promise Absolutely. you.
0: Absolutely. One uh, uh, one of my investors, uh, he flew up to New York and he texts me and he goes, I just spoke to one of my guys in New York. I'm like, one of your guys? What guy? The homeless dude on the street? What do you mean one yeah. of your guys from New York, right? And he goes, he said that this market now is is unstable and we're going to get a correction and the ball's bouncing and no one knows where it's going to land. I'm like, that's pretty much every month in real estate. <laughs> no mm-hmm. one knows where it's going to land. No one knows what's going to happen. You, you, you turn off that. And, and, you know, if you buy it right, if you buy it at the right price with the right terms and you're not overly aggressive on your projections and, you know, you're not blowing things out of the water, right? There's always a place, right, where you can make money in real estate. You know, I, I, I like the phrase, right? When is the best time to get this, the two best times to get in real estate was 20 years ago and today.
1: Today. Yep. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And there's always pivots too. Even if you do a bad deal, there's always pivots. There's always, you don't have, you're not married to it. So you just have to get in the game really.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I agree a hundred percent. So you're in there. You're, you're now, let me ask you. So when you're doing seller financing or whatnot, uh-huh. are you using your own capital to come in with any of the equity? Do you have investors that you partner with?
1: Yeah, both. So uh, you look, some sellers, especially who are free and clear may not necessarily accept a no down payment. I mean, our, 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 if we had it our way, we would schedule, you know, let's just say, for example, I'll give you a good, a good example. If you can buy a house, a $200,000 house and get a four year term with the seller, 48 months, principal only payments, um, and sell this to a buyer on a lease to own or a rent to own situation, you have a six figure deal. Okay, mm-hmm. six figure deal and you put down zip. Um, so those are you don't have to do a lot of those how many do you have, how many of those do you have to do to hit your goals, right? right. So mm-hmm. and that just comes with the skill of having to speak to these folks and solve their problem. But yeah, some sellers will want 10% down. It's like I, I don't have an issue with that if the deal looks good, and I get the term that I want. And then yes, I can do one of two things I can I can raise private capital, And pay a return on that. Absolutely. There's a lot of people out there who have money and don't want to be involved in real estate but want the returns. Um, I can use the money from a buyer, like our buyers give non refundable deposits, so we can take that and then I still get a free house, if you will. So if I get 20 grand from a buyer or 15 grand from a buyer, I give 10 to the seller, then I'm still left with a delta. We can take it from other deals. We can do installment plans. There's so many ways to do these creative deals. It's just, you have to get creative and learn and never offer. Like I always ask the seller, like, would what is it that you want? And would you be open to this? Could we do it this way, especially if they have a problem? So it's just mm-hmm. a matter of having a conversation with the seller and I try not to make any offers. If you do the, and this is in my book too, if you do this the right way, the the, the seller will write the deal for you.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. I've done a couple of creative financing deals myself where I bought using creative financing, I've sold using creative financing. You know, we just did a deal where we uh, sell our we seller finance for 99 years an office building in Manhattan.
1: that I don't care what you bought it for. That math uh, that math works.
0: <laughs> We're done. That's right. <laughs> that's, 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 that's right. It. 99 years. They pay for everything. And at the end of the day, every month we get our our boom, right? Our mailbox money. That's beautiful. Yeah. So it's creative financing is the way to go, you know, and there's ways to do creative financing on single family homes, on multifamily, on any type of real estate, on land and whatnot. You know, a lot of a lot of people, you know, I was talking about this um, yesterday on a webinar that I was doing is that most people in this country, or probably in the world, the only real estate that they've ever bought was their primary residence. And how do they buy it? They came out with the deposit from their own pocket. They bought it. They got the loan on their name. And that's it. And that's what they know. So when they're thinking, oh, i got to go into real estate. Oh, I can't afford that $500,000 home. Where am I going to come up with that money? How am I going to do this? I can't get financing for that. My credit score is terrible. When you're doing creative financing, you don't have to worry about your credit score. You don't have to worry about your income. It, it, it's completely—it's a complete different game. And Nobody's any- ever asked yeah. me.
1: Nobody's ever asked me for my credit or my bank statement. Um, and that's the other thing too: is that you know, there's only so many houses you can buy. Right. As a, as a, you know, a lot of people will hang on to their W two to buy real estate. Well, you can only buy so many. Creative mm-hmm. is unlimited. Unlimited. Buy as many mm-hmm. houses as you want because again, you you are not qualifying. The loan's already there,
0: right? Right. So let me ask you. So you 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 you're able to do financing for people that don't have debt on their homes that they own their free and clear. How do mm-hmm. you go about buying someone's home that has a mortgage on it already?
1: Yeah, and this is really, you know, this is really what you want to go after when or try to land when you're doing creative financing is you want to find the seller that's willing to sell you their property, subject to their existing loan. Okay, Mm -hmm. so the existing financing stays in place, they have a major problem, I'm going to see a gentleman actually tomorrow. And his motivation is, is he wants to move, you know, he wants to move the house is too big, he inherited the house, this happens every day, Mm -hmm. you get into probate or inherit, you never run out of leads ever, because people are unfortunately passing away every day and inherited properties are all over the place. So there's a loan in place and he wants an he wants a certain amount of money to move and i just said to him i said look if i could do that for you and take over your payments would you sell it would you sell it for what Mm yeah and i'll give you some money to move yeah i just want to move so that you know that's the conversation it doesn't have to be anything elaborate i don't have to convince him of anything i just ask him a question he says yes and uh, so let's just say that transaction happened okay I would the loan stays in place, the deed to the house transfers to my entity, I own it. I own it. Okay, so that the, the, the deed is in my name, or we, we would put it in a trust, right? We would mm-hmm. it wouldn't be in my personal name, oh, right? The loan gets paid every month by my business. So we just make this we send the mortgage payments in every month, it's business as usual. And we would replace the insurance policy, uh, because we have to have our own policy. And then the seller goes on and doesn't have to worry about the house and 15, 20 years or whatever, I'll call and be like, hey, uh, hey, John, we, we paid your loan off. <laughs> that, that's that's it. You know, they, they can they can move on. I mean, now the seller has to be comfortable with leaving the loan in place because their credit's right. on the line but we right. do what we say we're gonna do, right? right. But that's, that's how it can, and now if I do that, I have the deed, I can do whatever I want with the house. I own it. so I can go finance somebody else, I can do a, a long-term rental, I could do Airbnb, I could do a bunch of different things. I like mm-hmm. to do long-term financing with a buyer who is self-employed and doesn't get, look good on paper, but they got mm-hmm. plenty of qualifications. Right. That's That's the beauty of it. And then they take care of the property. And as you mentioned earlier, we get the mailbox money every month.
0: That's beautiful, that's beautiful. Awesome, man. Travelers, so much information was given here. I hope you've been taking advantage of it, right? Awesome. Brian, how can people – well, I I know you said you keep talking about your free book. Uh, Travelers, Brian is giving us a free book for you to read and learn, and it's right there on the screen. It's www.dontfearthephone.com. Download it, learn it, you know, put it to memory – and use it because this stuff could make you tons of money. And like, and like Brian, like you said, how many how many houses do you need to do to be able to achieve your dream, right? Exactly. I like to say I like to say you're only one deal away from, and then just fill in the blank.
1: That's right. That that it note lives on my computer. So um I love that. I love the way you ended up.
0: That's beautiful. Beautiful. Well, Brian, you know what? We've been talking here for an hour. Thank you so much for being here. How can people reach out to you if they've got a home to sell, if they want to buy a home, if they want to rent one, if they want to know more about your coaching program and how they can do what you do?
1: Yeah, definitely. So if, you, if you're if you're listening to this, and, and, you, and you have a house to sell, or maybe even you want to you want to buy one, you can go to uh, our website at bkwproperty solutions.com. There's a bunch of information on there. And there's a contact form you can fill out. Uh, if you want to talk about coaching, you know, and how I because I do have a coaching business, and I help people transition just like I did out of the W2. You can email me at uh, brian at w2prisonbreak.com. That's brian at w2prisonbreak.com with an I. Uh, and I'd be happy to, to, to chat with you and give you some give you some resources. I also will say in the book that the, you'll have some resources on how I learned the creative financing business. So that's in there as well if you want to take advantage of it.
0: That's fantastic. Brian, thank you so much for being here. I know you're super busy and I appreciate you taking the time out to come and to share with us all your information, where you were, what your challenges were, and how you overcame them, your why, and and what you're doing now to help people get out of a sticky situation. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being here. We appreciate it. Keep on being a warrior of light, you know, helping people out there become traveling investors, because that's what we love to do. We love to travel and to invest. And, and you know, so thanks for being here. Appreciate thanks. your time.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, son.
0: And travelers, we're going to be here same time, same place on Spaceship Earth next week uh, where we're going to come to you. We're going to demystify the art of mastering your mind, body and wallet through real estate investing. I'm Nitsan Mosby, the traveling investor. I'm your host. I'll be here next week. Looking forward to seeing you then. Have a wonderful time and happy hunting. Take care, everyone.